guys, welcome to the Rooted TCK podcast, where we unpack the pressures of TCK life to grow deeper in faith, friendships, and confidence that God cares about every part of our stories. I'm your host, Michelle Ellis. And I'm your co-host, Colton Schrader. And we just want to thank you for joining us in today's conversation. Hope you enjoy it. Hi, TCKs. Welcome to another episode of The Rooted TCK. And today I'm joined by my friend and guest, Katie Smith. Welcome, Katie. Hi, Michelle. (laughs) Thank you. So happy to have you joining us. So, Katie, you grew up in China. Yeah. How long were you there? That's a good question. A long time. Count the fingers. Probably. So we moved there when I was four, and then I came back for college at 19, so about 15 years. Awesome. Very cool. And you also taught there a few times. Well, during college, I went back most summers and like Christmases, and then I taught in China after college, and then went to a Chinese language program. Awesome. So cool. So tell us a little bit about you. Our listeners are hearing you grew up in China, and so we'd love to hear a little bit about growing up and what you're doing these days. Hmm. Growing up was great. Um, I loved living in China a lot. Um, We lived in the Chinese community and Chinese neighborhoods and my siblings and I went to Chinese school half the day and then homeschooled with American school books in the afternoon. Right now what I'm doing is I'm working as a speech language pathologist Cool. And then I also part-time Mandarin English interpreter. Very cool. Yeah, and you've done a a good deal of that, of interpreting for some different different groups here, whether it be for hospitals or, in some cases, lawyers. Yeah, in court. In court, yes. I was going to say for legal things, (laughs) but in court is a better way of putting it. Very cool. So tell us, what what even is a speech-language path? pathologist? Another good question. (laughs) So a speech language pathologist is someone who, I suppose it means they can analyze the reason that certain things are happening either with communication, with eating, or with cognition. So the way that you think. Yeah. So communication can be anything from speech language, understanding other people, being able to tell other people what you're thinking or feeling, um, just pretty much anything about communication. Um, the cognition part can be memory, logic, like mm-hmm. problem solving, attention. There are so many different kinds of attention and memory um, and problem solving skills that people use and then things like daily life skills. Yeah. Um, so like, what do I need to do to be able to take care of myself or like manage my responsibilities? Yeah. Those kind of analyzing those procedures and seeing like where the hiccups are. Yeah. Um, and then the feeding or eating is anything, a lot of swallowing stuff. Just chewing. crazy to me that you can teach that. Yeah. I so Katie and I we've known each other for several years now. Yeah. Um, I remember when you were working on your masters to get your your what would it be called license certification um, or 
Well, lots of things. License and certification. Okay, okay. Yes. Yeah, so I remember when you were going through that process mm-hmm. and, you know, you graduated from it. And so through the years, it's been really interesting to learn from you because sometimes when we're in group settings, you'll you'll talk about some of this stuff and, and you've shown us different, like, techniques to do certain things or like check things like in our throats and you've talked about like having to teach people how to swallow and I'm like how do you do that it's so your your chosen career to me is fascinating and just wild I feel like I can't fully grasp what all you do but it's amazing that that this is the field that you feel called to be working in because it makes such a difference yeah, it's really exciting because it is a lot of the things that are really important to humans, like being able to communicate, yeah, being able to eat, being able to think. Right. Really important things. So you teach <laughs> people how to think is what I, am I hearing that correctly? You can, yes. That's, uh, that is amazing. <laughs> yeah, sure, sure, sure. Yeah. Sure. That's, that's fascinating. So um, tell us how, how did you first get into studying this and pursuing this as a career? Um, There were a lot of different reasons I chose it. Um, One was that as a teenager, well, I started interpreting when I was about seven. Mm -hmm. And as a teenager, I was doing a lot of interpreting and my... Chinese accent is like very clear Mm -hmm. and so I imagined this job for myself and I thought what I should do is I should help teach like businessmen or other people who want to speak Chinese clearly how to be able to do that yeah how to like change the way that they're speaking mm-hmm. so that was like a job I imagined I didn't know it was a as real a child job. as a teenager oh as a teenager yeah. okay that's right you did say that I, and I didn't know that it was a real job I just yeah. imagined this and was like I should do that wow um and then also um younger maybe 12 or 13 I um there was an orphanage that some friends were running and a team of occupation, an occupational therapist and a physical therapist had come in to do training for the caregivers, mm-hmm. and I got to observe some of it and learn a little bit about how, I guess, to see firsthand the impact that they could have on kids, because we um, would go into the orphanage every weekend to a larger city orphanage and um, provide care for the kids um, because some of the orphanages were pretty rough. Yeah. Um, And so I saw like how many kids were dying Mm. because of things like not being fed well or not having something that was keeping them from the nutrition that they needed. Yeah. So like cleft palate mm. or other things like that where they just weren't surviving because their caretakers weren't giving the care or weren't able to give the care that they needed. Yeah. So when this team came in, it was just two or three women and I saw them teaching the caregivers at the orphanage who at this orphanage they really wanted to give the care but they didn't have the training to do it. Yeah then when they received the training, they could provide what the kids needed hmm. 
to develop and grow and yeah. keep living. Wow. So that was like really impactful to me. And I thought, this is a super powerful thing to be able yeah. to help other people. Yeah. That's... And like keep people alive. Right. From teaching someone how to do mouth massage or exercises or put a bottle in a certain way. Yeah. Yeah. Which again is so, it's so fascinating because truly how it can be the work that you do for some can really be the difference between life and death. Yeah. Which is really, really impactful. And a lot of those children, like the ones with cleft palate, were ending up in the orphanage because there was so little information on what a yeah. quick or easy solution it could be mm-hmm. with a certain amount of money for surgery. Sure. But that it could be fixed. Yeah. With yeah so that kind of idea too where if people have the information they need it can completely change a life story for an entire family right yeah and it's it's definitely a spectrum because I know right now we're talking about some of those where they don't have these certain skills developed that you know again make the difference between life and death for Mm -hmm. them but but that's not necessarily all that you do either. I know you hit on some of it as well. Yes. You know, some of it is, <laughs> it, it's, it's not as severe yes. as that. But so it's you kind of get the, uh-huh. you're, you're in such a, a fulfilling field, I feel. You know, you come alongside people, whether it be for, um, for those extreme cases. Yes. Where like the skills that you can teach them mm-hmm. can really help them. Yeah. have a life mm-hmm. and for others it's still coming alongside and teaching skills to improve their life yes that's a big part of it too yeah um and I really value that as well because it matters how you feel yeah. in life and it matters if you're able to say hi to your neighbor right or just little things yeah are really important those little things <laughs> so many of us don't have to think about yeah but we are made as as people who we need to communicate you know in some way shape or fashion you know and for those who can't you to for you to come alongside them and help them you know yeah. to to learn how to communicate their needs and their wants and their sorrows and their joys you know that's part of being human and that's part of what being in fellowship and community is so that's it's a really beautiful work that you do. Thank I still don't you. understand you. how you teach someone to swallow, <laughs> but it's beautiful work that you do. It's so funny. I forgot to mention one part is we also work on social skills. Okay. Because that's like part of, and that ties in a lot of, with the thinking too, can be like some things about emotional regulation. Yeah. And social communication. Yeah. So knowing how to use your words to give the meaning that you want and mm. like assess social situations and achieve social success mm. in terms of being able to have friends or yeah. not offend people. Yeah. Yeah. Do you, so with, with some of that, cause that's mm-hmm. some of what you're saying and I don't know if this fits, but I'm like, these are things I could have benefited from a, as a child in the sense I was <laughs> so, so shy. So yes. like socially I didn't, I this is a whole probably different conversation, mm-hmm. but is that something that you you help with at all with any any kids who are experiencing mm-hmm. social anxiety um, and those kinds of things, helping them 
learn how to engage? I think sometimes maybe depending on the cause of that anxiety mm. because sometimes the cause might be if they're not making successful bids for attention or interaction then when they try to interact with others they get a response that's really punishing yeah because they're desiring one thing but receiving something else the op- like yeah uh, something unpleasant right so then that might develop into some type of anxiety or not risk not being willing to interact and also things like you can get anxiety or uncomfortable from knowing that other people don't understand you and communication yeah. being so hard yeah or feeling really awkward if like something's off with your mouth muscles sure so in that way yes I don't get to work with children who maybe are just struggling with anxiety, but it can come from different things. Something interesting I've noticed is a lot of TCKs might benefit from some of the social skills Well, that's what I'm thinking. (laughs) Because sometimes I think TCKs can be misidentified as maybe having some type of social interaction disability when it's not right it's just that they're working with different cultures right right (laughs) yeah and so they maybe don't make successful bids for attention or interaction because the rules have changed right they or they don't know what the rules are and And it's not because of a disability it's because of the the just the <laughs> like, lifestyle yes quite honestly yeah yeah and yeah. That, that's some of where my mind was going is I'm I'm thinking of of TCKs you know trying to maybe maybe they move to a country a little bit older not even necessarily you know middle school teenage years you know they could be seven or eight so old enough to mm-hmm. better comprehend what's going on trying to learn the language trying to understand a new culture you know, and, and struggling to communicate because some may not even fully understand just even the emotions going mm-hmm. on with this transition, mm-hmm. you know, because they're they're so young still. Yes. You know, so all, all of those elements, mm-hmm. you know, and how some of these portions of what you do, how that could be even beneficial mm-hmm. to TCKs. Mm-hmm. So going back a little bit, you shared about some of your TCK experiences Mm -hmm. in China about as a teenager dreaming of this job um, because you saw how it could help businessmen Mm -hmm. to better speak the language and communicate. Mm -hmm. Um, You worked in orphanages and saw saw people coming in to train the caregivers so these children could have a a chance to live. Mm -hmm. You know, so I'd love for you to talk a little bit more. We see... TCKs so often enter fields that serve people and help people and are basically trying to create a better better place for yeah. people and, and impact their lives positively. Um, so I'd love for you to speak to that of how did your TCK experiences lead you to choosing a field where that's really what you're doing. You are serving people mm-hmm. um, in very, very impactful ways. Mm-hmm. I think part of it is that growing up, getting to participate in serving probably taught me on some like 
probably an experiential level of understanding mm-hmm. um, that I everyone has like value that they can give yeah in service and so like with going to the orphanage we started going every Saturday probably when I was seven mm-hmm. so then I was learning and getting to see the other people in my community and myself getting to serve yeah and seeing like oh this really has impact mm-hmm. and I as a seven-year-old child with you know what did I have first grade education right can give something that's extremely meaningful yeah and the more I learn I can give more but I'm not stopped from giving just being a seven-year-old with a first grade yeah education yeah <laughs> I don't think I could read yet I had a hard time sure. reading sure. so right. was like I don't have to know how to read yeah. but I can still make a difference for someone's mm, life that's cool. if I'm willing to like give my time yeah and give my heart and learn yeah what to do yeah so that was cool getting to be a part of the service yeah with the adults that were choosing to do that with their time yeah and like teaching me by including me in the doing saying yeah. okay we're gonna wash these babies this is how we do these mm-hmm. are the steps this is what we need to be careful of yeah so like I got to start learning about different disabilities at that age mm-hmm. um and like different struggles or issues that can come up with those and like the com the complexity of like caregiver or family emotions Mm -hmm. and like how hard it can be for people or how abandoned people can feel who really are abandoned yeah serious reason so that's probably part of it just understanding that I had something to give and that there were people in need of whatever you have to give yeah and then just like that heart Mm. of the other people serving saying like we're gonna take our time that we could spend doing something else yeah and we're gonna use it to meet this need yeah and it's not like it's a glorious need to meet of like changing the diapers right a baby that isn't yours or bathing them or feeding someone that's like drooling all over you or yeah I I love how you talked about realizing there are people who have needs um you know and there and it it kind of grew your heart Mm -hmm. to care for people in need but even at seven you realize like okay maybe I can't do certain things but Mm -hmm. I still have things I can do Mm -hmm. I can learn to change a a baby's diaper you know and I think that's really important you know we do have um, different ages that listen to this podcast we have parents who listen with kids of various ages but it sounds like the message is you know get your young kids involved you know it may not be something massive depending on their age but but they can they can give of something and sometimes we see TCKs on the field who they're the ones who are able to open doors for mm-hmm. mom and dad <laughs> to mm-hmm. serve in in special yeah. ways. So I just love that that's a part of your story. That does seem very important, the part of getting to go with the adults as they were doing something yeah. and listen in on their conversations of, like, problem solving. Mm-hmm. There's this issue. 
how are we going to meet the need and then as they would like talk as a team of like community members from our international church saying what are we going to do there's this thing how are we going to come together and figure it out and different people yeah what about this yeah that won't work because of this so learning that problem solving process yeah and learning to identify priorities like how do we keep this person alive? Okay, next. What do they need next? Right. For survival, you know, yeah. and figuring out how to analyze those things and just being able to listen as a child yeah. and see, like, the sacrifices different people were making. Yeah. We also, our parents didn't force us to do it. So when we were really little, we had to go because somebody had to watch us. Right, yeah. But it's not like we had to work. They just involved us in a way that was safe and fun. And the other adults were, like, so kind to Mm -hmm. include us and show us what to do. And then um, when we were older, we got to choose. Yeah. You know, so not by force. Not by force, (laughs) yeah, yeah. But that's, that's still so cool. It just also makes me think of really how God is so purposeful and Mm -hmm. intentional in each of our lives. You know, all of these experiences that you had, even from being so young, the Lord was building and developing something in you Mm -hmm. that is now leading (laughs) you to what you're doing. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It's so cool. Yeah. So it's just, I, I hope that can be an encouragement to TCKs listening, especially since this is another career-focused episode, you know, it can be so discouraging sometimes, depending where you are, depending on what your interests are, what you want to do someday. Sometimes you can just feel so disadvantaged mm-hmm. by being on the field and not having opportunities that maybe mm-hmm. friends back in the States have. Mm-hmm. So, um, so, so that reminder is there that mm-hmm. God hasn't forgotten you. He hasn't thrown you in your country haphazardly. <laughs> he He's placed you there intentionally, and he has purposes that are going to come out of that. So I'd, I guess my next question would be, how did growing up as a TCK, um, how did that both help and hinder you going into your career as a speech-language pathologist? There were a lot of ways that it helped. One, I think I had a lot of opportunities that I might not have had here. Um, Like in high school, um, my mom encouraged me to homeschool half the day and then work in an international school. So Mm -hmm. like 16, I got to start working in a school as a teacher's aide and learning those skills that I wouldn't have been able to do here. Sure. Um, in a way, through just like flexibility and creativity mm-hmm. of my parents and looking yeah. for what opportunities were building towards my future yeah. and those skills. Also, something that has been incredibly helpful and is probably helpful for any service-related field or Mm -hmm. field where you're working with people is um, seeing firsthand and experiencing and understanding how much culture impacts every part of a person's life and how it changes things. So a big thing in speech therapy is looking for um, when you're going to treat someone, looking at what's going on with them for 
disability versus difference. Mm -hmm. So you don't want to treat something that's not a problem and be able to understand on a really deep level, like the complexities of how culture can impact your eating and how you eat, what you expect about eating, what you want to eat, how it can impact communication, how it can impact what you feel or expect for life or relationships or going to sleep or bathing or like every different part of life, grooming, self-care. Right. How you greet someone, like everything can, what your expectations are for yourself in work. Yeah. So that, understanding that helps a lot. Yeah. Because then when I get a patient, how I analyze what's going on with them. Can be a little more insightful in that way. Yeah. Just understanding maybe this is how they want to do things. Right. And that's okay. Right. This cultural way isn't better necessarily than that cultural way. Right, right. (laughs) You're not jumping to conclusions based on one culture and one way of doing things. (laughs) Yes. You can take the time to evaluate, and and even you have the experience and perspective to evaluate Mm -hmm. different ways of doing things Mm -hmm. and how both can be both can be acceptable in Mm -hmm. some cases you know and so if they're wanting to pursue going about something one way because of their background and maybe culture and Mm -hmm. upbringing and all the factors you don't have this immediate maybe resistance to it because you understand you have a broader worldview is really Mm -hmm. what it comes down to and being able to ask the questions to help those clients say for themselves what they want because if they haven't spent as much time analyzing different cultural expectations or even what they have for themselves, maybe they don't know how to advocate for themselves and say, I don't want that. I want this for this reason. So being able to, me, ask them the questions and say, hey, these are some cultural differences. What do you like for you? Yeah. What does your family do? What do you want for right. your future? Or sure. like what's important for you? So that kind of... Because sometimes people haven't analyzed things, cultural things for themselves. Oh, yeah. Nor do they understand differences between cultures. So that's yeah. like super helpful. Right. <laughs> well, I feel even at... Like in my 30s, there's mm-hmm. still things that I'm realizing are attributed to my culture of upbringing that I don't think about. Another thing that was really positive is I think TCKs often develop really strong observation skills Mm -hmm. when they're in a new situation. And those are such powerful skills to have in any work situation, especially in speech therapy because you're analyzing the minutiae of like, social interaction or speaking Mm -hmm. skills or communication Mm -hmm. so having those strong observation skills of like why is that person doing that that way yeah oh I noticed they're doing this specific thing differently than other people yeah what does that mean because we've spent time right looking at some other culture going why are they doing that yeah trying to what do I need to do yeah trying to make sense of how we fit in with whatever culture we find ourselves in yeah yeah for sure so there's a lot of things we can pinpoint of how being a TCK helped you Mm -hmm. um choose this field enter into this field be successful in this field 
are there any things you can identify that maybe felt as like a hindrance or maybe you were even nervous going in at to to learn to become a speech language pathologist that you were like I don't know if I can do this because of x from my upbringing things that made it more difficult <laughs> I guess the first thing I'm thinking of is sometimes just filling out the forms at like the beginning of graduate school or whatever and all of my experience or yeah references or the schools I went to are from China sure and so sure. that was a little different or yeah. having a lot of experience that m- might not be recognized or understood yeah. for what it means right I th- think sometimes a bit of challenge that I face is because I don't look or sound multicultural right in English right I look and sound in a way that many people would just assume I'm a monocultural American person right right yeah (laughs) so I think that sometimes that can be a challenge um in speaking to monocultural Americans. Yeah, right. Um, but also it's an opportunity Yeah, to have like a very impactful voice if I can learn even more how to communicate yeah. about the things that I've learned. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there can be, I think, mm-hmm. I don't know, but sure. I think there can be some major benefits to living in one place and growing up and having community and people who know you Mm -hmm. so that you don't have to prove yourself again and again. So at times when I've gone back to work in community in China where I grew up and they had already seen me as a teen or as a child um, and I had already gotten to participate in things, They knew me, and so I didn't have to advocate for myself as yeah. much. There was a little bit of credibility there yes. because of that history. <laughs> Instead of just being a complete stranger that yeah. comes in and says, hey, I know how to do all of this stuff, and I yeah. know these things, and yeah. you should hire me. It just kind of right. it can be difficult to like build that credibility. Yeah. Or it can feel unpleasant. Sure. So probably that's been a difficult more difficult thing and it can feel intimidating I would imagine like for you in the context of here in the states when a lot of your experience references that you talked about is in a completely Mm -hmm. different part of the world Mm -hmm. (laughs) so that can feel a little bit of an like an intimidation factor will they accept this yeah I think another challenge was the differences in cultural communication styles sure because I grew up interacting a lot in Chinese and having a lot of culture Mm -hmm. that's impacted by Chinese culture and so um even learning how to do an interview here is so different yeah and um I know that for both my sister and I, she also works in the healthcare industry. Um, she, we both had trouble on exams at one point, mm. oral exams, because the way that we said things in English 
sounded like we weren't sure what we were talking about because in English you say things, this is how it is with a lot of what sounds like a lot of authority like you know, but it doesn't mean as far as I've been able to observe in American English that you actually necessarily know what you're talking about. Sure. But you're supposed to talk like you do. Right. Whereas in Chinese culture, you want to say things maybe with an idea of humility. It Mm. could be false humility because everyone knows if you're saying something, you know what you're talking about. Sure. So we both actually, I think I failed this exam because of the grammar that I used Mm. that sounded like I wasn't sure of my answer because I was using Chinese grammar in English. Mm. And Very I gave the right answer, yeah. but the words I said didn't tell my <laughs> Canadian and American professors that right. I was confident in my answer, which you really need to be in healthcare because yeah. people want to be able to trust you. Oh, absolutely. And yeah. if they don't feel like they can trust you perhaps from some cultural markers, then that's really hard. So learning those things for myself yeah. and having to change that. But in a way, it's a strength because then I can observe this is why these social skills are so important for my patients to mm-hmm. know, depending on what they want to do in life. So yeah. helping them like analyze for the skills they need to learn. Yeah, it is. It's so cool and so interesting to hear from you. You know these cultural elements and your mm-hmm. upbringing in China, how that's playing into what you do now, and how again, just going back to like how truly purposeful the Lord has been in all of our lives including yours since we're talking (laughs) to you right now learning from you yeah you know that all of those little things he's using in such a a, an important way Mm -hmm. you know through the work that you're doing to to walk with people and still value in them so they can really be understood because I know you work I mean with with all kinds of clients but We've had conversations of different clients from different cultural mm-hmm. backgrounds, mm-hmm. whether whether they share the same cultural background as you or not, mm-hmm. it still gives you a framework of, mm-hmm. okay, they're coming from a different culture, so I need to keep that in mind and keep mm-hmm. that in perspective that there could be some differences mm-hmm. that I have to be sensitive to. Yes. I also think that getting to help as a child and seeing how you can have some, you have something to give, yeah. even if you don't know everything about the culture or yeah. everything about the situation, yeah. being like put in new situations all the time, yeah. it helps me not to be afraid and to really explore working with um, multicultural children who are yeah. not from the same cultural combinations as me, Right. because often practitioners don't know what to do, Mm. but I think something powerful that TCKs can learn is humans are humans are humans, and there are going to be the same certain things for all of us. You can still, when I'm assessing a child, like I worked with a child who was from Saudi Arabia, Mm -hmm. but I could still assess the child and say these are learning techniques that are going to help. Yeah even though I don't speak Arabic. Right, right, yeah. <laughs> But I'm not afraid yeah. to say, I still have something to give. Yeah. I can still teach the mom who speaks English some things that she can do that are make a huge difference for yeah. this child. So I got to work with that child, and he started talking. Wow, so cool. Even though I don't speak Arabic at yeah. all. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's so 
cool. Yeah. TCKs are they're they're so brave mm-hmm. because yes. of all of these things, <laughs> these different scenarios and experiences that that we're oftentimes put into where we have to step out of our comfort zones. So TCKs are so brave, and I, I think that they're we we tend to be, especially when it comes to cultures mm-hmm. and different people, curious and and almost mm-hmm. lifelong learners, and yes. those things, regardless of career choices i think those are those are great skills and things to have in our our makeup you know yeah um so just want to applaud all the tck's yeah <laughs> for all the things so just uh real real quick one thing that we didn't mm-hmm. really hit on mm-hmm. but you have also started your own business yes and maybe that can be a whole future episode on starting a business. But I'd love for you to just share just briefly about what that is and what it entails. And part of that is... Oh, what's it called? Oh, yeah. it's called Seen and Heard Heart or Seen and Heard LLC. I will link it in the show notes for you guys if you guys want to check it out and maybe even consult with Katie Absolutely. about things. But tell us about what this business entails. Um, so it is, I started it so that I could do speech therapy independently and really serve people or populations that I wanted to freely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so like just make choices yeah. In what I wanted to do yeah. without having be to be your own boss. Yes, kind of thing. Yeah, good for you. Yeah. And sometimes I pray and I'm like, okay, God, well, you're actually the boss, so sure. Yes, <laughs> yeah, you're you're I'm his employee. Yeah, yeah, he's yeah. upper level and you're like the I right. guess mid level. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. That's that's good. That's good teamwork. Um, yeah, <laughs> I hope so. So, part of it is so that I could. Um, consult overseas with international schools or organizations wanting to serve people with special needs or um, like two of the schools I worked with were international schools doing special needs inclusion Mm -hmm. or just wanting testing for their student because they didn't have a speech language pathologist there Mm -hmm. um, to provide the services they needed for success in school Um, and then also here in the States, um, just so that I could do some things I love and um, meet needs for students. A lot of the kids I work with here are multicultural, and then some things that I've been doing have been therapy groups and also working outdoors because there are so many benefits Mm -hmm. for children in being outside. Yeah. And also a lot of what I do is play therapy because children learn so well in play. Yeah. Because that's part of what their job is, is to play. I really enjoy (laughs) following your Instagram for your business and seeing seeing the little like videos and reels Mm -hmm. that you post of you playing outside somewhere with kids and it's, it, it, it's really cool because that is so effective with yeah. with that age group, mm-hmm. especially. So I really enjoy seeing little glimmers of the work that you're doing with your business. Thanks. So our last question for mm-hmm. you is what would be your final piece of advice for anyone who's either looking to become a speech-language pathologist or, or maybe even start their own business? Mm-hmm. Wow. If you want to start your own business, you can do it. Do it. <laughs> 
<laughs> don't worry about it. It's definitely good, in my opinion, to have perhaps two streams of income as you start a okay. business. Okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and just take your time yeah. learning and asking for help from other people like mm-hmm. who are starting their own thing and a couple of steps ahead of you. Yeah. And not being afraid to ask people for advice because a lot of people are That's happy good. to share. Good advice, um, yeah. And probably as a TCK, if you're entering the field of speech pathology, learning how to advocate for yourself and say who you are and what you're wanting to do mm-hmm. and discuss that clearly mm-hmm. um, because people aren't always able to look at us and know mm. anything about us. Sure. So learning, because I think something, a strength a lot of TCKs have is being able to come to someone, meet someone new with a really open perspective of you tell me who you are yeah I'm here to find out who you are Mm -hmm. instead of having a lot of assumptions about it but sometimes when we're working within a monoculture there can be a lot of assumptions that people come to you with right so being able to politely and clearly share what your intentions are and yeah more about who you are that's a great thing to be able to do Mm -hmm. you can definitely shadow someone that would be great just to see what they're doing because there are so many different areas and specialties Mm. um so I would shadow a few people yeah and ask a lot of questions yeah that's good advice well thank you we appreciate it so (laughs) final question that we ask all of our guests is what would your bucket list country or experience be in the LAC region? Ooh, um, okay, well I'm talking to Michelle oh boy. in person, so obviously oh. Argentina. <laughs> I, I need to say, I, I did not bribe you, this is this is for you Colton. <laughs> Colton, I did not bribe Katie to say this, I promise. Did Colton grow up? <laughs> okay, well guess what? There are other places on my bucket list, too. Uh-huh. Two of the other places in LAC, yeah. one of them is Peru, and it has been for a long time. Yeah. Because it sounds like Peru is amazing, and I've just yeah. heard of really cool things there. I like mountains. Mm-hmm. I'm sure I will like everything there. Mm-hmm. Well, most everything. Mm-hmm. Also, I had some close friends who had lived there. Cool. Um, and then... Brazil, mm-hmm. and I was trying to think this morning, why has Brazil been on a list of where I wanted to go for such a long time? Yeah. I love the beach. Sure. I love all kinds of outdoor stuff. Mm-hmm. Surfing is fun. But I think it's because when I was in like middle school watching the World Cup, I loved the Brazilian soccer team, and there was so much positive PR all over China about yeah. the Brazilian soccer team. So That's I was, so of funny. course, like... I love Brazil, like all Chinese <laughs> must go. Yeah, they have, mm-hmm. they do have a very pretty and fun, <laughs> almost like rhythmic samba yeah. style of playing. They're fun to watch. Mm-hmm. And their culture seems really open and fun from my in Asia perspective. Sure, yeah. I was just down there, so shout out to y'all that I was with um, for one of our retreats. Mm-hmm. And at the hotel we were at, there were different birthdays mm-hmm. going on, 
and it was so fun because seeing them come out and do their Brazilian birthday song, it is so festive and it just feels, it feels so much more fun than what you see here a lot of times where Mm -hmm. it's just like kind of awkward and uncomfortable. But there Mm -hmm. I was like, that looks fun. I would have my birthday in Brazil if they're going to come out and sing like that to me. Yeah. Embracing celebration. Yeah. Well, thank you, Katie. So thankful for your time joining us and sharing and um, giving some a lot of good wisdom and advice and loved hearing your story too, just about your TCK experiences and how that led to what you're doing now. I think what you do is so cool. <laughs> I feel like we just probably scratched the surface of unpacking what all you do and what your career looks like. So super thankful and TCKs. We love you guys, and we'll be talking to you again soon. Ciao.